Hi, I'm Anna Marie Cox, and I don't think I would ever get tired of chocolate. Hi, I'm Daniel Dresner, and I'm here to say that it's not all fucked, if you're a patron. Between you and me, however, for the non-patrons, totally fucked up. <laughs> Welcome to our patrons-only episode. Thanks for subscribing, and also thanks for helping keep Karen's dog in kibble. After this episode, we will be... Returning to our regularly scheduled programming. Exactly. We will be uh, doing a cannon fodder episode of Frank Herbert's Dune. Then there is plenty of MCU stuff on the horizon. Maybe we'll be doing Snowpiercer. We've been talking about doing that. But we are taking suggestions. And again, for this hot sci-fi summer, humor is welcome. So if you have suggestions that you think are represent, let's just say, the lighter side of sci-fi. I was saying also utopian visions. Yes. Or at least, like, fun visions where, like, heroes, like, really win. And it's not, like, a questionable one where, like, or Jerry maybe one, the yeah. hero has to become like the villain in order to win. <laughs> like, I think those, those would be welcome. Because I have to say, Dan... This was not a part of Hot Sci-Fi Summer. This was... Uh, we disagree. We disagree on this. Well, like, we I don't completely this, disagree. Like, I find I, this movie profoundly upsetting. I, so I guess it's not that I find it depressing. We should probably say what, what we're sorry, doing. We are, of course, they, everybody knows. If, yeah. In case you just popped into this episode without reading... Yeah, the well, you're a patron. You obviously know what we're doing. We're doing 28 Days Later, and we're doing it because this is what you voted for. Um, <laughs> I presume because of the three options, you thought this one sort of fit the sci-fi poli-sci nexus the closest, which is entirely fair. But to Or answer- they they knew it would be like cheating for you. They knew <laughs> that like... Or they, they decided they wanted to give you, like, a basically a week off. So. <laughs> it's true. Like, so, like, you know, I think in the general universe of, of sci-fi, you are, are far better versed than I am more generally. But, you know, welcome to my wheelhouse, Anna, because this is <laughs> this is something I do know a little bit about. This is the zombie genre. So happy to 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 uh, to be your guide during this. And so I, tell us what you know about the about this uh, story. Yes, we'll do the story behind the story. I'm I'm pretty familiar with this movie uh, as the author of Theories of International Politics and Zombies. And before we get to the IR though, and the capitalism and the gender politics, this flick, you know, I guess my reaction to you on is that I understand why you thought it was depressing, but I, watching it again, I was again tremendously impressed with the film. The truth is, is that the zombie genre has a lot of bad stuff in it. There are a lot of bad zombie movies. This is not a bad zombie movie. This is an outstanding zombie movie. This is just an outstanding movie. I didn't say I didn't no, no, like no. it. I know, I know. I think this... I said I was upset by it. Yes, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> um, but I think I guess I, in some ways I sort of marveled at it a- a- again because Yeah, it's incredibly well made. Yeah, yeah. And you can actually make the case that this movie single-handedly rescued the zombie genre. And the reason I say that is that the 1990s were, for zombie films, kind of an adir. There are pretty much no good zombie movies made during the 90s, except Peter Jackson's Dead Alive. That one's outstanding. But but that's a, that's a rarity. And indeed, there were, there were far more, there was sort of more energy and momentum in video games. That was when the Resident Evil franchise came out. But this film, along with the first Resident Evil film, were both released in 2002. And you could argue they revived the zombie genre. They both did extremely well at the box office. Resident Evil mostly convinced Hollywood that you could actually make a mainstream movie about zombies and cast like mainstream actors. 28 Days Later showed how you could innovate within the genre. Yeah, I just want to point out that I I think... I would say that this movie reinvigorated the horror genre in general. Hmm. No, I actually think that's a a good way. Yes, that's that's an excellent way of putting it. 
This is when you start to get like kind of the crossover horror arty stuff. Yeah. Like back. You get it back. I mean, there was. It's always there. Yeah. But things go in waves. Yes. But this definitely was like a high end, high brow slasher <laughs> or at least not. Yeah. No, slasher. slasher. They're slashing. Yes. There is literally slashing, slashing in this film. Yeah. There's men- much slashing. Yes. Um, Which brings me to like just a small quibble. I, I have to say. Yes. Machete is probably not a great option. <laughs> if. Particularly if, if particularly if there's like zombies. blood splatter and that's yes. going to you know potentially infect yes. you. I I agree. I, yeah. Anyway, just a quibble, but please continue. Very yes. Um, the other reason this movie was interesting is that I, a lot of a lot of people believe that part of the reason the zombie genre was revived was because of 9/11 and the after effects of 9/11. And this movie itself was controversial when it was released. It was filmed before and literally the day of and also after 9/11. But when it was released, one of the uh, the images that disturbed a lot of people was a a sort of kiosk, kiosk. where, where yeah. you see lots of people posting missing you know, names. And of course, that was uh, evocative of 9-11. But I think they shot that even before 9-11. So it seems hard to, to blame them for it. Very famously, Danny Boyle, who's the director of the film, has said that he didn't view 28 Days Later as a zombie flick. And technically, he's right. So this is like, in, in my book, Theories of International Politics and Zombies, I do talk about this movie as a zombie flick. But the infected in 28 Days Later do not meet the technical definition of zombies. <laughs> They are not dead. They are just infected. And furthermore, in contrast to zombies, if you kill one by shooting an infected in the heart, I think it works. You don't have to hit them in the head. So they don't meet the normal zombie tropes. That said, yeah, they're clearly fucking zombies, all right? And Alex Garland, who is the screenwriter for 28 Days Later, who had partnered with Danny Boyle on the beach uh, before this and has actually contributed a fair amount to the sci-fi genre that, who knows, Mm -hmm. we'll be talking about later, has also said flat out that he was inspired by uh, George Romero's films in terms of, of creating this. So how is this an innovative film? Th- the most obvious thing, and again, for our younger patrons, this might seem <laughs> truly like banal, but it is innovative, which is this movie invented fast zombies, right? Zombies prior to this movie were always sort of, they, they were slow in two ways. They were slow in terms of when they became zombies, these zombies were lurching, sort of, you know, moving, lumbering, as it were. But also, almost all the zombie films prior to this, uh, in terms of when you were bit by a zombie or infected by a zombie, it would take some time until you became one. Um, and indeed, that was part of the, the sort of horror of it. Um, whereas in these films, in 28 Days Later and then its sequel 28 Weeks Later, if you, you know, get exposed to saliva or blood, 30 seconds, you are a rage monster and you then really just work that cardio as a, a a rage monster you you will go very very fast the other thing that this movie did or another important thing this movie did is that zombies you know sort of are a very elastic metaphor they're sort of whatever you're scared about at the time and when night of the living dead was originally came out what people were scared about understandably was nuclear weapons and so the implication was these zombies rose from the dead because of some radiological event and indeed it Talk about being on point. It was impossible for me. I actually thought of 28 Days Later. It came to mind about a year ago during the early stages of the pandemic when there were these, you know, just weird drone shots of like the center of cities, including London, utterly empty. And it reminded me of the beginning of 28 Days Later where you see Killian Murphy, uh, who plays Jim, just sort of wandering around iconic London scenes completely empty, which is one of the evocative things because you normally like... If you've seen any sort of movies, you, you'll watch this and think, how in the hell did they do that? Like, how the hell did they, like, get someone in the middle of London 
and it seemed like there's no one there, which leads to the final innovation, the technical innovation this movie had, which is this is one of the first movies that used a lot of digital video in terms of how they shot it. And that mattered for the scenes, in fact, because uh, doing it via digital video is a much quicker setup. So literally they were shooting a lot of these scenes in sort of abandoned London at like four in the morning on a Sunday where there are still cars, so they can't close down everything all that long. But they only needed about a half hour, whereas with normal film, it would have taken like two or three hours and there was no way they could have pulled it off. And so uh, that was one of the ways in which they were able to, to do a lot of things. And the legacy of 28 Days Later is that, you know, fast zombies are clearly an option in, in the zombie <laughs> genre. And it has been used multiple times. Zack Snyder clearly likes fast zombies. He used them in the Dawn of the Dead remake, as well as his more recent lesser film, Army of the Dead. We saw fast zombies in World War Z. We saw fast zombies in Black Summer and Z And kids... It, it seems odd now, yeah. but Fast Zombies, there's a reason why we're harping on it. Yeah, it was genuinely innovative. <laughs> I would also add, so George Romero hated Fast Zombies. I, I was at a zombie con and heard him rant about this. Um, and I, I get why he doesn't like it, but I, I think even he would have to acknowledge that 28 days later, at least, it makes sense how they do it. And that, that it's actually like, because again, technically they're not zombies, but really, yes, of course, they're zombies. I just want to point out that, of course, uh, Danny Boyle came off of Train Spotting and The Beach. Yeah. And that's what I mean. Like, again, kids, you may not believe it, but there was a day when high end directors <laughs> wouldn't touch zombie movies or sci fi right. or horror. And this really changed things. And of course, like Alex Garland, I do hope we do, we talk about some of his stuff. Yeah. Like, I'm watching Devs right now and really enjoying it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was thinking while I was watching Devs, like, and then this. It's really beautiful stuff. Yeah, it's it, it's good storytelling. I mean, this a, is this is a, a no. It's a yeah. it's also a gorgeous movie, except for the you know, blood and guts. Yes, yes. Like there's some beautiful scenes in it. Yeah, yeah. Like some very painterly scenes. Yes. And whatnot. Um, the horses and the flowers, and it's it's. I mean, it's very deliberately evocative of like a pastoral. Right. You know. And even the the horror is evocative. I mean, there's it's good horror in the sense of yeah. like that open. I, I had forgotten this. The opening scene where they're in the the. Oh, I, I, Barely can watch it. Speaking of opening yeah. scene, actually, Dan, do you want to just dive in? Sure, I will be. Uh, right. I will be happy to, to tell the plot. We're not going to like you know. Again, this is partially because it's the patrons only episode, but also I'm going to try to do the plot in one take because it it doesn't. Uh, <laughs> it, the plot is actually very simple, truthfully. So. I was thinking about that. I was watching it. I was like, Dan doesn't really have that much to do. This is kind of like, like <laughs> Mad Max Fury Road, which is they go that way, then they come back. That's the movie. Yeah. <laughs> But yes, yeah, so very quickly. Basically, environmental terrorists bl- break into an animal research lab and free infected monkeys infected with the rage virus. They then get infected. This is a virus where if you get exposed to it, you turn into a rage monster inside of 30 seconds. Shockingly, 28 days after this particular event, the entire UK appears to be infected and or evacuated. Our protagonist, Jim, wakes up 28 days later from this event, uh, from a coma, and sort of stumbles around London utterly clueless about what is uh, going on. He meets brutally realpolitik pharmacist, Selena, who fills him in on all the deets. They then eventually meet up with the father-daughter combo of Frank and Hannah. Frank has been listening to a radio broadcast of a military base offering the answer to infection somewhere near Manchester. They recognize that they really can't stay in their apartment building because they're running out of water. So they gas up Frank's taxi and head to Manchester. Their escapades along the way, but none of them terribly important. When they get there, Frank is accidentally infected and then is killed by soldiers. 
And it turns out that the answer to infection is that the soldiers want women. Um, and so... <laughs> well, that's not... Oh, Dan, that's that's not quite really that... They... they I, maybe this is the time to start quibbling. I okay. don't know. Like, yeah, go ahead. I would say that when West says that we have found the answer to infection, hmm. it's brutality. That's actually what's happening in that in that estate. I okay, I'm going to dissent a little bit. I think so. I he, the answer he says he's what he's presenting is the is the answer the solution to the infection right. is to rebuild society in an incredibly savage way. So I have to admit, maybe this you might not like hearing this. I, watching it this time, I had a more sympathetic opinion of West than I did. <laughs> no, I don't like that. I, I know, know. I, I know. not like hearing that. Dan, you, you were not allowed to sympathize with someone who says, I promised them women. I I reckon... That's, I'm sorry, that is like a... I, I, not a, I am not a cancel culture person. No, 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 but, no, no. I, but I, I, but I, that is a cancelable offense. I guess... To I, promise men women. That it invalidates... I'm sorry, Dan, like... Yeah. You're not allowed to say that that's an okay thing. I don't want to say it's an okay thing, and I'm not going to say or it's that an that okay would be thing. a tenable or okay way to like pr- rebuild society. And that's the basis of his entire argument about rebuilding society. Except is we need women. Except Wes says, I mean, he tells Jim this that like basically the alternative for him is either that horrific, and I'm not in no way endorsing that solution. Or they commit mass suicide. I mean, but that's those aren't the options, Dan. That's the thing. Those aren't the options. Maybe it's a all right. So I will accept that. That's a false fucking choice. You think that's a false binary? I, all, I do. I leave it this way. I this is someone who is put in command of a unit that is clearly falling apart. He's a apart. psychopath. I don't think. See, the scary someone, thing is, I don't someone, think he's a psychopath. See, someone who had a different viewpoint yeah. might have come to a different solution. That's possible. I, but here's the scary there thing: are, there are there are plenty. That is not to say. Like, and also, by the way, I want to point out: I think he's a psychopath because 28 days is not that long a time mm-hmm. to get to the. We must return to savagery. Where are the women? Yeah. No, no. Although, like, it, but it's worth. I think, no, that's, I, I think it's a matter of convenience. So I will, In fact, uh, he says yeah. this is normality. Right. He makes the argument. That people killing people have uh, throughout time, yes. and this is no different than any other time. Yes. And so he was a pro. I'm going to get them women guy before he had the opportunity to actually put it into practice. Okay, so this clearly. is where, like, I think the terrifying thing is I don't think he's a psychopath. I think he is a weak leader who feels this is his only possible choice. Um, okay, and it's worth noting, but, and it's worth noting by the way, that there is someone in that in yes, the barracks who sergeant. makes a different choice, Farrell, and he gets and killed for his troubles. And if he had been troubles. in charge, I imagine he would have made different choices. And I think what would have happened is he would have been there would have been a mutiny, and Farrell would have been you, killed. I don't. I mean, aren't there examples of people who are in dire situations who don't turn to that? We must rape women now. I believe that is correct, and I I will grant you that a better leader would have hopefully right. preserved morale and so on and so forth. I so I so I, yes, but so you're saying. What you said, but you say if the the sensitive new age sergeant had been in charge, he would have gotten yeah. you know fracked. Yes, absolutely. But like, but also you say a better leader could have kept morale together. Well, the problem was Farrell fa- at fa- one month. At one month. Yes, Farrell was a more we moral now, human. We, we he now, was not necessarily a better leader, women. is what I'm saying. Okay. All so right. like, I, I but I agree with you that like yeah. people are on the space station yeah. for months. They don't get to the raping women, but they know part. they're coming back, Anna. That's the important. I'm just saying difference. that it's just not a month is not that long in human terms. It's true. It's an incredibly like stressful month. Yeah. But I just don't feel like that's actually something that I feel is pretty important here. Is that like also as the sergeant says? Sorry, we're just getting way off topic. But no, I no, don't no. Care. This is the Patriot Dolly episode. They this is they want to hear us get into this. 
Right, right, right. Um, the new age sergeant points out, like, he, you know, we don't really know if the rest of the world's totally infected. Yes. 28 days is not long enough to be right. able to tell. And us. in fact, he was correct because we know yes. that, like, there are fighter exactly. jets out there. And, so, yeah. weak leader or not, I mean, he made it incredibly fast. Like, jump to the raping. Willing opponent. to say he was... And Dan, yeah. I'm just going to keep saying, like, that's his entire idea for how you build, rebuild society. Grant he you, goes from, like, they're going to f- commit suicide, so I promise them women. Not they might commit suicide, so we're going to play some fucking games. All I will say, you know? so let me put it this or, way. Or, like, we'll reenact Star Wars, <laughs> like like they do in that Matthew McConaughey. Oh, yeah, the Matthew movie. McConaughey Christian Bale movie. We got to do that That's one. That's right. We have to do that yes, one. Yes, we should. Yes. That actually has one of my favorite um, apocalypse journalism scenes <laughs> um, where they do the the montage of newspapers, like, about oh, yeah, yeah, the yeah, dragons. Yeah. Is it Rain of and Fire, of I think is, is that what it's called? Yes. <laughs> yeah, 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 Rain of Fire. That, that is then, definitely going to be on the list. Oh, I'm so glad we're doing that. Okay. I love that scene because um, I was actually working at Time Magazine when it came out, <laughs> and there's a Time Magazine cover that says, is this the end? And I'm like, that would be so Time Magazine. Yes. Like, <laughs> the New York Times you know ma- the New York was. Times headline would be, you know, people say the it's end. the end. What Others does it mean? might disagree, <laughs> you know? <laughs> the end okay is cancel culture to blame all I, will, um, let me put this way. all I will say on this point in addition is that what I, I think what i was surprised by watching at this time was that there is actually a scene in the film that is sympathetic to west because it's when he comes back and he like stands next to the soldier who's just been stabbed and he and you know yeah. holds his hand and dies and i was surprised by that because i had already started thought of him as a more cartoonish villain and so yeah, i don't think he's a cartoonish yeah. villain i just think he's like and maybe he's not like literally like mentally ill right but he's a bad enough person yes that uh, that i am that, perfectly willing to accept yes that i don't think any of his ideas are acceptable right like, I don't think that you have to go to... I mean, and Dan, I'm just going to, again, repeat the phrase, raping the women. You don't because rape, yes. But all I, I guess that's, the only... That is his idea. Because right. when they say, we could feel like we're going to commit suicide, he says, what if I get you some women to right. rape? Although, I'm not... So, Dan, do you think that's really, like, the alternate? No, like, no, obviously I don't. I do not... <laughs> No, 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 no. Could he have maybe offered, and, and, and offered ways, some other solution, said a morale builder that wasn't raping women? I think the the... I think the answer is you want to present, and in some ways we're going to talk about this in a little bit, is the idea that there's actually a future. And he, yes. he literally says the future is But women. his future yeah. is... Raping women. His yes. idea for promising a future isn't just, I will get women and we will breed someday. Right. It's... It's, I promised them women. Yes. I understand. No, no, no. It's horrific. Sorry. I'm gonna I, get, it's just very... That's one of the reasons why this movie is upsetting. I guess the, way, the other thing that's horrific about it is that it's clear that he believes he's doing the right thing. And in some yes. ways, that's the the, the, the... the scary villains are not the ones who are cartoonish and sort of right. revel in their evil. I, yeah, I've they're never the ones thought he's think, cartoonish. Yeah, they're the ones who actually like genuinely believe that they're doing the only thing possible. But I agree with you. It's a false binary and he's a weak leader. Anyway. Okay. I, you Therefore, you were wrong. Okay. <laughs> Anyway. Also, I will point out Chris Eccleston, uh, good, great acting throughout. Yes. You know, his acting is just, he really makes you believe that this guy has like layers and they're just all rotten right. layers. But no, yeah. No, because it's great because you believe the scene, you believe him being an evil, yeah. you know, not evil. You believe him when he's making these terrible choices and you believe him when he kneels down behind this, beside the Right, and that's that's all I was trying to say in that point, which yeah. is, yeah, so, okay. Anyway, okay. anyway. so <laughs> Major West has decided they <laughs> are going to rape the women and uh, Jim 
uh, offers Jim basically a choice to hang around. Jim refuses, so they take him and uh, the sergeant, Farrell, out to execute them. While they're executing Farrell, Jim manages to escape and then subsequently infiltrates the base-slash-mansion and wreaks revenge by freeing one of the uh, soldiers who is infected who they've managed to chain up as a, a sort of possibility of studying. That soldier, you know, who's infected, then wreaks havoc in the compound. He frees Selena and Hannah, kills other soldiers, and there is a quasi-hopeful ending. You know, the three of them have managed to escape to a, a charming Depending country your- cottage. The infected appear to be burning themselves out, and a fighter detects their quilted hello message in the meadow. Fade to black. By the way, worth noting that when the film was originally released, about a couple months after, they actually released a new version of it with different endings. The All of the different endings were far bleaker. In the other endings, Jim died from a gunshot that Major West had inflicted at the very end of the film. So I feel like you know, we were arguing before we even got on air. We were. <laughs> and uh, I'm trying to decide if I, I want to begin my argument about whether or not this is truly an uplifting ending here or when we talk about Hobbs and Locke. Because that's sort of the issue yes you know let's talk about Hobbs and Locke and then we can debate because I think that's fair all right well then if we're going to get to Hobbs and Locke then Dan Anna is there any political economy in this film sorry you faked me out Anna <laughs> that's your bailiwick all it's also mine but like yeah you know. well Hobbs and Locke are, are you know Locke are particularly, they IR yes. or political economy come on there is some political economy in this film but that's not the question our patrons all are right here all on. right well dan fine okay. dan anna is there ir in this movie anna i am angry that you would suggest <laughs> otherwise i am very angry anna <laughs> by the way like not for nothing but the noises the infected make in this film are like truly unique and just legitimately scary so you know again even the sound design this movie really is in some ways the sort of you know presents the classic Hobbesian Lockean divide in terms of how do you approach a world in which it seems like we really are anarchic Selena is without question the the Hobbesian realist you know she literally says the only thing we can do is survive that's pretty much what you know, Hobbes talks, Hobbes talks about with the War of All Against All. We also see that made very clear because when Jim is first rescued by Selena, Selena has a friend, Mark, who helps him. Uh, and then at one point when they're attacked, Mark has what looks like a, a cut in his arm. Selena does not hesitate, takes that machete and just kills him right out. Even though, from what I could tell, I don't think Mark was actually infected. Inf- oh, no, I, I think he was. You think he was? Yeah, I saw the cut. Um, he was covered in blood yes. and they had the cut. So there's no way that the... I think the cut came from glass. And it, it's possibly could have gotten infected. But also, she said, pointed out, and I think it's believable, is that he knew he was infected. Because you do feel it. it. It burns. Right. But he didn't... Let me put this way. Maybe this was bad acting. But like the, the actor playing Mark, I, lo- I, I, I watched that scene a couple times just to make sure. It doesn't seem like he thinks he's infected. Or maybe... The ambiguity, is, the ambiguity is important to her character. But I yeah. actually, I guess I take Selena's side on this. Okay, fair enough. But the point- and also, do you want to wait around and see if he's infected? That is a fair point. But let me put it this way maybe this was a weak spot in the film, but like I, what I did not believe was that like he, she attacked Mark without question. Whereas there was every reason to think Jim was infected as well, given like the amount of blood that was on him and was going on. Jim was able to talk and like clearly was not infected as a See, I think I, I think the ambiguity is actually intentional yes. somewhat, Yes, but I also think that it's an ambiguity that shades to her side. Fair enough. 
Because she's also, because another important thing about her character is that not just that she's savage or not savage, she's not but savage. that she's no. ruthless. Ruthless, yes. It's that she's often correct about things. True. And also, it would be it would make sense that someone who survived to that point was presumably capable of detecting very quickly whether someone was infected or not. But anyway, Selena is clearly the sort of, you know, Hobbesian realist. Jim, on the other hand, and I think Frank and Hannah as well, are the, the Lockean liberals. Uh, they believe that, yes, it's an anarchic, you know, nasty, brutish world out there, but cooperation is not just possible. Cooperation is actually one of the things that presumably makes it possible to survive in this world. And, you know, if people, like, credibly commit to each other, it offers the possibility, in particular, of the shadow of the future. Indeed, this is potent enough that even Selena recognizes it, that, you know, seeing Frank and Hannah persuades her that something is more than existence is possible. And so, in some ways, that's, you know, that's that's really interesting. And then we get to this sort of gender question, because it was interesting that in both that conversation and then also in Major West's sort of demented theory— they both link the sort of shadow of the future to the idea of gender, the idea of women. No. Yeah, you're, no, yeah, Dan, okay. no. There we go. No. West links the future to the rape of women. Okay, yes. Yes. Because I would like to point out that Selena's vision of the future does not require rape. That is true. Selena's vision of the future is about family and about relationships, when which are very morale-boosting, yes, by the way. Which yes, is, yeah, yeah. very morale-boosting. Yes. Would be yes. another way to boost morale. Yes. Would, yes. That would not envire... Not require sexual, the rape, not, I grant, yes. That would not require the rape. I think that's really, really pretty important, too. Like, because, duh, the future requires women. Yes. Right? Yes. Like, in order to reproduce. That's not... Right. What makes West monstrous... Is the rape. Isn't the women part. Right. It's the violence part. Yes. You know? Like, if, if he was said to them, for instance, you know what, I believe that we're probably going to be able to find more people mm-hmm. and eventually... We may be able to create a society. He would be, you talk about it in veiled terms because you don't want to in, in, imply right. that we're going to do it by force, right? Yeah, yeah. No, no, that's fair. And I think I'll, that would have been a way to suggest the future, right. saying, you know what? I bet that we can form a larger community. I bet we can attract people. Maybe we don't lie to them in order to bring them here, you know? And I actually want to point out something, which is that I, I noticed in this watching, this viewing. Mm-hmm. They are on to West really early. They they know something's up at the estate. I don't know if you did. You catch this? I caught this. I mean, they are I, like super. Like, what is the fuck going on here? I think by oh, I mean the dinner scene makes it very clear. Yeah, you, you mean before yeah. that or at the dinner scene? I think a little before that. They're kind of giving each other eyes and like. Well, no, the, I think the first sign that, that there's trouble afoot is when, if memory serves, there's a shot of like. Killian Murphy showering and then he looks out and he sees like the, the soldiers playing with the car that they're like taking all yeah. the stuff from the car that was the first sign that maybe these aren't the most disciplined troops um, I, I also there. want to point out that West the experiment with the infected person yeah. that's a black guy that he's chained up well, we, I didn't talk about race, but I mean, it's, it is, that is an element through this film because Selena, it should be pointed out, yeah. is is also African. And it's not, it's never overtly discussed. But yeah, I I remember watching it this time and thinking, it can't be a coincidence that they made that no. soldier in chains black. There's no way that is coincidence. Yes, that was a conscious choice. And I will say that one of the things that was provocative to me the first time I saw it, I actually don't think I fully processed that it was a, a black person that was in chains. Right. But what I did process is the thing that Killian Murphy realizes right away, which is that this is sick. Yeah. To just, I mean, yeah, it's 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 not a person really, mm-hmm. but to just bait. 
Well, I, and but it, it also suggests, and this is where it, like there's clear borrowing from Romero. First of all, that is a conscious evocation of Day of the Dead, where the military takes a zombie and like you know really does unspeakable things to it. But the other thing is, is that you understand why potentially, and again, I am not excusing this. I'm not trying to absolve it, but you understand why. West and his regiment would wind up devolving the way that they do. And I think that comes through most clearly in the weird, perverse joy they get in killing all the infected running around on the mm-hmm. the green. I just want to point out again, yeah. 28 days, not that long. There were men stationed like at the Western Front for long periods of time where it seemed like things were really fucking bad. This gets to where, how do I put this? The one thing I do wonder about this is, like, the extent to which... I mean, you're right. Farrell did know that maybe, like, elsewhere there was, like, civilization. But if you thought that there was literally no chance of civilization... Remember, in the story, Selena tells at the outset... Yeah. But it's a it's a part of your character to go to when it's unknown to which way you go. Right. But remember, Selena at the very beginning, when sort of who sort of does the exposition dump, says you know before the TV and radio shut down, there were reports that there were infected in Paris and New York, which suggests that it could have gone global. But you're right; like it 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 it, it is uncertain, and clearly there were places that were uninfected because you had shit. another thing west could have told his people yes. was we don't really know for sure guys well maybe we don't start raping yet this leads to the the I mean, <laughs> I, and and like you i think i want with this viewing i was genuinely struck also i just realized his name is west which is kind of funny <laughs> i i was genuinely struck by the gender politics in it i was i had forgotten about that but like first of all there is the fun inversion of of sort of selena and jim's viewpoints on this because normally you would you often associate, and I'm not saying this is true, but like sort of essentialist feminism usually talks about women is more cooperative, men is more distrusting. That's inverted in this, you know, whatever, that's not a big deal. But the more interesting thing is the fucked up patriarchy that is that military crew. The degree to which they have the cook wearing that frilly apron, you know, as uh, he's cooking, it just clearly dehumanizes him, disempowers him. And also, it was striking, I hadn't realized this, but like when. You know, they go and kill all the uh, the infected. It's right after that that they go, okay, time to rape, basically. And that was, I, I had forgotten that Time-honored that was Time-honored tradition in the military. Yes, yes. So that was, <laughs> it was, it was, and I want to be clear, like, you never actually see any rape. The, the movie, I think, handles this extremely yes. well. So is, genuinely makes some interesting points about that. And I will just add, Dan, yes. it, when you go through the maybe he has a point part mm-hmm. of, of West's idea, one of the women is a child. Yes. 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 And also, I want to be very clear. I'm not saying West had a point. I'm saying... Uh, you were actually saying he had a point, I'm not Dan. trying... No. No. No, 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 no. This is how I get canceled. This is not going to happen. This is not going to happen. I do not approve no, of anything. What I think to. happened, yeah. what I think happened, Dan, yes. is that you very rationally, in a way, like, like we're putting yourself in West's shoes, right. saying, like, okay, if you, ha- if you think these are your two poles... Right then one of those polls makes more sense than another. If you think the choice is this binary between suicide and rape, you didn't think about it as rape, but... I think about <laughs> it. Of course I thought about it as rape. Wait a well, minute. Well, you didn't... Well, but except, except you were saying when you... You literally used the words, he has a point. So I'm, I really want to believe that you weren't thinking about it as rape. I think that you were just making the point that civilization... He was offering the hope of civilization. Yes, that's what I think he was right. offering the hope of. But I grant you that, yes. like, again, he was but a bad But his version yeah. of civilization... Is rape, yeah. Is rape. And, and 
yeah, and that's actually what I noticed this time more than I had before, which is I think when I was when I first saw this movie, I really just read it more in the um, a sense of like, yes, we need women to reproduce, right? Like, that, kinda, and like, that is how took, I uh, took him. That's what that, took him at his word yeah, yeah. that oh yeah, okay, you need women to reproduce. Right. Watching it this time, a little more rapey, awoken <laughs> maybe, and also just more. I mean, the, the our you know cultural dialogue about sexual violence has changed. Yeah. Yeah. Since this movie came out, yeah. and my ability to talk about sexual violence has changed, and to 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 acknowledge it, to be able to see it as a force, even when it's not completely explicated. And so now, when I saw this, I was like, "Oh, this is not just we need women to reproduce." Mm-hmm. He's offering women. Yes. I, now I have a question related to this, which is uh, the other thing that uh, you know. It was interesting watching this, and it, it, this has been one of the fun things about this whole podcast is that. You know, doing these things, what I start thinking about is the other things that we've done, and mm-hmm. I I hadn't expected this, but I but looking at Sel- the character of Selena in particular, I kept thinking of Kindred, which is that mm. her character is faced with some awful choices, particularly at the very end before she is rescued by Jim, and and in some ways I thought the one of the more affecting scenes is when the the guards are stripping her and like telling her to put on some absurd uh, ball gown. And she winds up kissing one of the guards to to convince them to like leave her alone with Hannah so they can get ready. And the moment they get out, what she does is give Hannah drugs, not to kill Hannah, but to the you know essentially to numb her. And it, it was one of the, I, I thought of Kindred immediately at that moment because it's it, it's that kind of level of awful but awful pragmatic choices. choices. Yes. Yeah, I think now we can get to whether or not it was a happy ending. Yes, go ahead. And. I think the first time I saw this, mm-hmm. I thought of it as more of an upbeat ending than I do today. Okay. Because this time watching it, I was struck much more by how Jim is represented as a rageful being mm-hmm. when he comes back into the compound. Right. And I feel like there is a, you know, a switch that that reverts back to perhaps gender stereotypes. Mm-hmm. When Selena's like, oh, yes, maybe families are a reason to live. Mm. And then Jim later on becomes the I'm going to kill, kill, kill anyone that threatens us, including people who are not zombies. Okay, but when he puts the eyes out, that guy, he puts the puts the fucking thumbs in his eyes. That that guy's not a zombie. No, it was a rapist or an attempted rapist. Right, 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 so, right, right, like, right, right. No, no, no. I'm, I totally agree. I can't believe, Anna, that you are forgiving the attempted rapist. No, I, I am not you know defending, what? but I, I you know, whatever. Like, I mean, death is not always the answer, you know. In that, it's so. I mean, let me put it this but, way. I, but I'm, yeah. also, I do think the movie, and also, like, I'm just going to, I think the movie is making this point. I think the movie is making the point that, that Jim has been consumed with rage. And throughout the movie, there's there are mentions of you, how you can't necessarily tell the infected from the non-infected. Right. There's just mentions of it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I think that this ending, that were the not the ending, but the, the climax, the climax yeah, the, yeah. is a suggestion that you know we have to become the monster, you know, in order to defeat the monster. Okay. I'm going to push back a little bit. I, I, I mean, I understand what you're saying. First of all, by the way, again, what the other thing that this movie, I, I forgot to mention that one of the obvious intellectual successors of this film is is the whole Walking Dead franchise. Indeed, the very yes. beginning of The Walking Dead has the exact same premise as 28 Days Later. Although amazingly, believe it or not, Robert Kirkman, who created The Walking Dead, 
never saw 28 Days Later. And so legitimately claims it was just sort of a, a coincidence. But I can see your points in terms of saying that, that the movie ends because Jim decides that the only option, the only remaining option is to kill everyone. That said, I do want to square this with what you were pointing out about all of the soldiers, including West, which is to say, I'm not sure there was any other alternative that he had. I mean, was there a scenario where he could have somehow magically broken in, rescued Hannah? No, and, I think what the I think the movie escaped? is taking. I think the movie is actually sort of making taking the side mm-hmm. that yeah, life is nasty, brutish, and short, and yeah, you do have to kill people. I think the movie is actually. Well, it, among other things, you, you, West literally says that at one point. He says, "No one, yeah. is, no, it's, it's impossible for anyone who have survived t- t- until now unless they've killed someone." Also, by the way, when I saw that this time, I, I read that for, as from West. I don't think was talking about infected. Ah, ooh, that's dark. Good lord. I had that little flash in my head because he doesn't ask, "Did you have you had to kill an infected?" Right, right? He, he just says, "Kill anyone." Kill- yeah. Anyone. It's possible. I guess. Yeah. Th- th- I guess the way I would put it is that the Lockean worldview, you know, is not that the world is sweetness and light. And yeah. so the the Lockean worldview is sometimes you do have to kill people. Sometimes you do have to use force to preserve what you what you want or what you what you you know have and to preserve your own society. And so therefore. I don't think, from a Lockean perspective, what Jim does is necessarily problematic. He has to do that, and then I don't think it's problematic that he does it. Mm-hmm. I think that it, the movie is making. A, I, on, I'm not going to back away from. I think Danny Boyle and Garland are making a point because Jim comes in covered yeah. in blood. Oh no, and it's, a shirt yeah, on. You are supposed. They're to making think, a point yeah. that that he's become like the infected. Right. Although uh, uh, closer, except maybe, you know, and again, this is maybe they had to do this because of the nature of the movie, but Selena could have killed him. And in fact, by her normal standards, (laughs) should have killed him. And And yet in the end. Yes, exactly. And and that's where we get sort of back the reversion, maybe back to gender norms. But (laughs) I also remember when I first saw this movie, I I did find the ending, like I thought that the whole movie was so fucking dark. (laughs) Even then, I remember, I was like, when they had the, smash cut from them crashing the car right so yeah you think they're like i was i thought that was going to be the end and i was like well fuck this movie (laughs) like (laughs) you know this movie fuck you (laughs) like i don't i don't appreciate this what did you do to me movie yes yeah so um but what i like is that you don't quite accept that the that the ending is happy either like you know like there's a part of you that like that in other words the power of of what boyle and garland did is is so potent that like you can't even buy when they wind up twisting it slightly i i i think that they have a very i mean i would argue it's a pretty dark view of humanity hmm. you know like i think together like I, I, if you look at their output too i mean danny boyle has some fun stuff but yeah. alex garland makes a lot of like really <laughs> not pleasant commentary on the human No, that's condition. that's that's fair. <laughs> I, I, this way. I, the other way in which I think is a data point in your favor is that easily the most humane character in the entire movie is Frank. Um, yes. is played by Brendan Gleeson. He does a great job, you know. And, and in fact, the, I, what I loved is that Frank is simultaneously unforgiving with respect to treating the infected. You first see him, like, entirely in, like, stormtrooper clothes, basically. Yep. And then the moment, like, he's inside the apartment, he's, like, warm, gracious, let's have the creme de mint and so forth. And, and yeah. you know, he's smart. And, like, he, he hears Celine at one point who says, you know, they need us more than we need them. And he's sort of points out that's probably true but like we can still work together and so forth oh man but who when is a london cab, cab driver not useful though? exactly yeah. 
Like that was my, and I, as soon as I remember, oh yeah, he's a cab driver, you know, London cab driver. You'd have to memorize the entire street right. grid. Like those taxis are pretty indestructible yes. too. That was like a good, they were doing the ride through the, 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 through yeah, the tunnel. Yeah, I was yeah. like, they needed to either make him a taxi driver or like have a Land Rover. And in some ways and for I'm me, the, the, <laughs> the two saddest moments in the film, one which I had forgotten about was, is the note that Jim's parents write to him, oh, which yeah. was incredibly affecting. And I like, I, I had just forgotten about that completely. And, and I, I was I, like, I literally, when I read that note, I thought, oh my God, could you imagine simultaneously thinking you've lost your son and then realizing the world is ending and, and doing that. But the other is obviously when Frank gets infected and like literally in the span of 30 seconds realizes what he has to do. Like he's pushing away, you know, Hannah and like, it's just awful. I think that scene is especially heroic because I yeah. think it actually shows him fighting, the kind of fighting the virus. Yes to push her away. I agree. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I, yeah, I cried when that first saw no, it. No, no, it's, cry this it's, time, but. it's incredibly potent, but it also suggests, I mean, the, the, the way to read that is that you're right, that, that Garland and Boyle don't think you can be that person and survive in this kind of world, which is an awful mm-hmm. way of thinking about it. But, um, <laughs> you know, speaking of further thoughts, I, I was just noticing something, Dan. Yes, Anna. We have entered the debris field. We have. It's the glass on the ground from all the windows that have been broken. Dan, do you have anything left to say? I, oh, actually, you know, before, I'll leave, I'll leave this in the debris field, which is that I did notice watching this a couple of things on the class front. Oh, do tell. Um, yeah. One is that our heroes are all working class. Yes. So like, Jim is a bike courier. Selena is a, is a pharmacist who might actually have the most respectable job of the lot. Yeah. Frank is a, is right. a cabbie. And then there's the, you know, beyond major West might be the one exception. The rest are all. Yes. Uh, the rest yes. Are all NCOs. Yes. <laughs> yes. I, I, that is what I noticed mm-hmm. that professor, West, the professor West. Oh <laughs> man. Eccleston with other. <laughs> I can't believe you. Oh, Oh, I am offended. Okay. Go ahead. <laughs> then major West is the only aristocrat among them. Fair enough. Um, the other thing I noticed is in, in, you know, Boyle is an incredibly careful filmmaker, so I don't think it's an accident Mm -hmm. that there are a ton of scenes, especially at the beginning, that are framed with advertisements. Mm. Yes. And then also, consumerism saves them. (laughs) 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 It does. I mean, but the argument of the movie kind of is that consumerism saves them, right? Like, that uh, there's the store, this all this, like, junk food that doesn't go bad. You know, the light and, like and they, they, yes, and the, and the lightest scene in the entire movie is this brief scene where they go to the supermarket and basically go shopping. And what's interesting is that that's clearly also an homage to to Romero's Dawn of the Dead, which takes place in a mall. Romero clearly intended that to be a biting satire. Oh, Romero's of politics are very different. Oh yes, think, no, Romero's but... a full blown Marxist <laughs> slash realist. But but what's interesting is that yeah. Boy, yeah, Boyle inverts it like that. That is a really it basically it's like aren't supermarkets great? That's the the lesson yeah. from that that scene in this movie. I do have some other more smaller pieces of debris okay. to cover. Yeah. One is while as much as I appreciate the whole basis of the movie being that epic smash cut between the release of the virus and twenty eight days later, <laughs> you you have to take some time after seeing the movie and wonder about like how did the queen die (laughs) i don't think the queen died is the answer i think oh well i I think the queen was evacuated you know like oh okay well i you know a part of me is like (laughs) the queen gets queen becomes infected who does she go after oh that's I can't believe that's where your brain is. yeah i said before a a machete seems like an unwise choice 
And then I did wonder about our friends at McMurdo Station, uh, how they're getting on. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And and this is not debris. This is actually something that I I probably should have put up higher, but um, it's just a single line in my notes, which is how quickly the bonds of society dissolve and how quickly they reform. Well, you see, that's more hopeful than, than, you know. Oh, but I say bonds of society. I don't know if I actually necessarily mean those are good. No, fair I enough. just think okay. it's interesting, like, that they dissolve really quickly and then we get right. That's humans, yeah. right? No. The, the, we get right back to rebuilding. The, the truth is the, the. Good or bad. We get re- we get back rebuilding the structure we're familiar both with, the which is West Point. Humans are an incredibly adaptable species. And that is often presented as a really good thing. But there is a slightly horrific element to that as well, which means we can adapt in the face of just awful suffering and that's the the horrible thing about it i agree with you on that this has to do a little bit with whether or not the ending is upbeat Mm -hmm. or not but also whether or not the ending is is realistic or not in the stand it is one of the sort of minor ish plot points Mm -hmm. is that after the you know plague is infected the u.s uh the u.s sends it to other countries wait what really so as oh wow yeah that's fucked up so as not to have to be the only country suffering. Oh man, that's just twisted. Good lord. Yep, it's a level of mutually assured destruction that. Uh, <sighs> man, yeah. I mean, I actually, it's we may it, the stand is really long. I wouldn't want to force you to read it, but uh, that, that, there are some that. interesting. There's some interesting commentary on i would say international relations no no no. it's simply this way that i think is something we can talk about as sort of a long-term project because i do want to get around to reading the stand because among other things my daughter loves it and so i need to you know that would be a good bonding experience believe it or not Uh, actually my dad also loves the stand and we have talked about it and he did read it during the pandemic Uh, good for him yes I also want to say something, and I thought you might mention this in your kind of rundown as a zombie politics expert, which is this, the speed with which the virus evolves does argue or, or, or makes a case for the fact that it, it wouldn't spread. So, so okay, so actually... This is, this is in your it's book. It's in my book, and I have to admit, I'm, this is one of the last things I put in the book, and it's one of the best inside political science jokes i did which is the two by two suggesting that whether it's fast (laughs) zombies or slow zombies it doesn't matter that the the zombies will go global but yes one of the interesting things about this this movie is that the suggestion that the the infection is so severe that essentially if you actually manage to contain it and we do see this at the very end and this makes sense that like the the people who are still infected are basically have no energy left they're going to die very very soon but in terms of the spread the argument i've always made is that whether it's you know like the whole fast zombie versus slow zombie debate from an international relations perspective it doesn't matter and the reason is (laughs) is that if they are fast zombies there is no way the state is going to react in time to stop their spread oh but this is infection rate not not whether or not the speed with which they move but it's both because the, the okay. both the infe- both the speed of infection and the speed with which the zombies travel will obviously affect the relative spread of the. the I infection. would just like to hear an epidemiologist talk about this movie. That's Fair what enough. I'm yes. But the other thing I would point out is that, like you know, so clearly if they're fast zombies, they're going to go global. If they're slow zombies, they're also going to go global. And the reason. That- well, no. What yeah. I'm saying is the infection is so fast. Yes. Like if you if got onto a plane, the plane would crash. Right. Exactly. Yes. Yes. 
That's true. That's what I'm saying. Is like I don't. I think it, the argument that was contained is actually easy to believe because because there's no way that you would have had someone be able to go off the continent. And, yes, yeah, that's the, the point I'm making. Yes, for, in terms of how the state survives, doesn't matter. If I think that's possible. Although I will say this, it wouldn't shock me if like they were infected on boats and then someone tried to pick up those boats or or like the boats sailed in. Yeah, yeah. there are there are there's ideas about how this would work, but I'm just saying the argument that there might be places there might that be choke points. Yes, that's fair. Choke points, yes. yes. I think you. that's the yes. good way. Choke to points, it. yeah. Oh, I like that. Yes. All right, Dan. Do you? Is there any debris left on your side? Uh, there's just of the call really t- just two minor things, or three minor things. First, again, I cannot stress enough. This is a very well done film, and there's a lot of foreshadowing in it that, like, then later pays off in terms of the conversations and so forth. And and the script is is you know twisted, but but very well done. Second, I honestly forgot about the full frontal male nudity. <laughs> um, I don't. Maybe like, you know, it was just I, I forgot that it opens like. Well, that. it doesn't really. I mean, it's treated so matter of fact. Right. Exactly. Yes. Like, uh, and it's well. And it, yeah. So like, and it's entirely appropriate and, and well done. And apparently, Killian Murphy insisted on a closed set during that scene, and can't say I blame him uh, given what was being shown. Right. But I think mostly what I like about the film is some very delightfully perverse tweaks by Boyle and Garland. You know, we see this again, and we talked about this in the supermarket scene. The fact that, among other things, irradiated fruit is praised because it's the only fruit that doesn't rot in the 28 days that have uh, taken place. But also that first scene in which the dumbest environmental terrorists in history decide to break into this lab. Although I will also grant you that this time around, like when I when I first watched this, I th- I was going to say I have some. Thoughts no, no, no. About when this, I fr- I, this is how I changed. When I first watched, I remember thinking, "Oh my god, he's like really like." shitting on the the eco uh the environmental radicals yeah and, and he does like that there's no disputing right. that but but those experiments were awful and like yes those experiments are <laughs> horrific also, why do the the he ju- the scientist actually says in order to cure the disease we have to like cause it we have to understand yeah, like yeah, yeah. fuck fuck that yes. Yes. you know like <laughs> but it's, no, it was like literally that one line so yeah I, the one line that guy has is like in order to understand the rage virus we must become the rage virus or something along those lines yeah it's it's it, it, it and i think so I, I also had the same reaction the first time which of course disappoints yeah. me and then uh, i will also say that if one is sensitive at all about animal cruelty i, I could barely watch yes no it, it was actually more horrific than i'd remember i had to so, keep yeah. reminding myself these are not real these are not right. real these are not right. real you know like because it's really really upsetting and I, and I was and that did make me think oh he's not just shitting on environmentalists he's shitting on like yeah I, he was shit, no, I, the kind of thing this might be consistent with what you're saying although it does again it, it's like a false binary in some ways but like yes it, it, the, the that opening scene is a pox on all humans i would argue I, I, yes, you're right I, that is what i but yes, again i, I can't i think goes to the goes to the point that i think they have a really dark view of humanity yes like <laughs> and what i loved again this this was truly versus like these are environmental radicals they're supposedly animal rights people and yet literally the moment that the monkey is free and attacks the human what does that other environmental radical do he tries to take a fire extinguisher and kill the monkey and i'm like Dude, if if this is really what you believe, and that's all it takes for you to attack an animal, I mean, right? Dude. I was gonna say also as an animal rights sympathizer, yeah. I would say, yes. like, I don't know of anyone that would go into a lab like that and be like, "Wow, they're beating against the sides of the <laughs> yes. cages and they're foaming at the mouth." Let's I think let, we them let them go. Yeah. Like, no, these are the dumbest <laughs> fucking people. You know, like again, like the, the the scientists barely above, and also clearly much more sadistic. But these people, incredibly stupid, and like. Yes. So the, it, it's not that I had a better opinion of the environmental environmental radicals. It's that I had a much lesser opinion of the uh, the scientists that were conducting the experiments because those were truly horrific. So that's it. 
And I just will say again, like, I, I found this movie really upsetting the second time I've watched it. And I found it upsetting the first time I watched it. I told you, Dan, like, I didn't really want to see it again because as but good on a our movie patrons. as it is, and I remember liking it so much as a piece of film, you know, right, filmmaking. Yeah. No, this is this falls it's into a the little bit like children. I know I had never I hadn't seen Children of Men right. since I first saw it either. <laughs> Oddly, this I, so I I'm trying to figure out why the things we do for you. I know, patrons, but like I uh, the things. But this we reminds do. me though. I'm trying to figure out. I don't have the same reaction to this film that I had to Children of Men. Children of Men is for me perf- a perf- beautiful but profoundly depressing film, even though it ostensibly has an, a, a slightly optimistic ending. Whereas this film, I don't I don't feel the same way. Maybe it's because I had to write the zombie book, or maybe because. You're desensitized. I don't think it's that. I don't know what it like. It's. I don't know. I'm. I don't know. I'm kind of a sensitive person. Oh, I, guess. I don't know. Like I. I mean, and I do think probably the sexual violence clearly kind of yeah. like got to mm-hmm. me. Um, although the film does handle it well in the sense that it only is suggested. They don't feel the need to yeah. like show you right. anything, which is good. Good for yes. good for them. And I think the reason I found it so upsetting, though, it's more upsetting than depressing to me. Right? Children of Men is depressing. Whereas this is, ups- yeah, yeah. This is upsetting because I think it, as I told you when I was explaining my hesitation <laughs> <laughs> to watch it, even with the, the, even when I saw the ending as being fairly a beat, I think it says the really dark shit about yeah. people. And I think, you know? I, like you, I... And it makes a strong case for that. I, I will say maybe this is also like the way that time has an effect on things, which is like the thing that I kept thinking this time around is that my daughter is just barely older than Hannah. And so, yeah, yeah no, that's yeah. And and, and the Hannah yeah. part is, is legitimately disturbing and sad and all of that. On that note, I'll try to maybe bring a bit of levity. I did write in my notes uh, after Selena gives Hannah some volume. Yeah. So for yes to get through what she might have right. to get through but then hannah's all doped mm-hmm. up and i wrote my notes don't do drugs <laughs> uh, <laughs> the doped up thing was actually kind of funny i like i it was perfect. it was a little yeah. funny it did remind me though like so back in rehab oh. one of the things that that happens is you start to have conversations about when you might relapse like what under what conditions oh, okay. yeah right so uh, and it's you know, it's a very depressing mm. game but we don't have a lot else right. to do. So it's like my mom died. Ooh, okay, that is you know, dark. I, w- wow. I, would, I would drink again. You know, I couldn't de- don't think I could deal with that, mm-hmm. right? But pretty soon you, get, you have to one-up each other a little bit and you get to end of the world scenarios. Oh. Th- and yeah. they're very, it's very popular. I'm sure if I knew the world was going to end, I right. would drink. I always thought, but if it's a zombie apocalypse, you're going to want to keep your wits about you. That's correct. You. And by the way, like since yeah. this is for patrons only, I, you know, I'm going to add this. One other small debris point, but then I'll add this. The other debris point, which I actually had not noticed this the last time, and it's also like is a darker thing, is that when they're in the supermarket, Frank picks out like the really good scotch. He like mm-hmm. he schools Jim on like, you know, you want to take this one because it's really peaty. Actually, it's only 16 years. Well, but yeah, fine, okay, whatever. You know. But the point is what I had forgotten <laughs> is that when when West winds up talking to Jim, you see him opening up those scotch bottles, which that Yeah, scotch. that scotch in particular. And so like it's clearly the scotch that they had taken from the car. Like that that did not sit right with me at all. And it's it's clearly designed to to make you feel malevolently towards 
major west but uh since this is for patrons only i will always say that when i have given talks on theories of international politics and zombies i'm always asked what is my zombie plan what is my like zombie emergency (laughs) plan and here is my answer in two steps step one make sure that you know that the zombie apocalypse is going to happen before anyone else so just pay attention to the news <laughs> i guess as long as you're imagining right. stuff you can you can pause well, no, it like, you know what it i'm saying like because like, I, I, I think dan i think the question people are asking you is not how do you how do you fight the zombie apocalypse first you know it before anyone well, else put it this way, like, like that's not a fair well, no, answer I, I think it is like you know <laughs> like i this is like i take pride in because like you know when the pand- before the pandemic hit like i went to like i was like loading up on stuff in february you know to like prepare for having to be bunkered in that's slightly different though i mean that's i don't like think it is not i know before everyone else like if you're gonna it's it's sort of like I disagree. I think, you know, like, like this way, even if it's a fast zombie apocalypse. You're saying you should be sensitive to the signs of an upcoming That's apocalypse. what I'm trying to say. But the second thing is, is that once you yes. are sensitive to those signs, get to New Zealand. That is my basic. Oh, I bet New Zealand's fine, actually, in yes. this movie. New Zealand, like, you know, and, and New Zealand is, is very good in terms of warding off against zombies. And here's why. First of all, it's geographically isolated. So in all likelihood, nothing is really going to, you know, affect New Zealand. Second, it is an incredibly fertile country. Everything grows there. And so they have uh, incredible amounts of flora and fauna. It also cured me of any, you know, reluctance I had about eating meat. Because at one point when I was there, you know, like there was lamb being served. And and basically the Kiwi's attitude is they outnumber us. You've got to do this. And so, okay. (laughs) And also the wines are excellent. So, you know, not necessarily important for everyone, but but important for some. So get to New Zealand. And when I gave this talk in D.C. at one point, I actually said all these things. And I did not realize until afterwards there were people from the New Zealand embassy in the back who had come to listen and they oh, were just delighted. Did they like applaud? Yes, they were, they were, yes they were of course. Again, props to Peter Jackson who made one of the few good zombie movies in the 90s and also I think honestly you know, did help put New Zealand on the map with the Lord of the Rings films. New Zealand is a spectacular country. You should go there anyway if you can once they open up. But yes, that's my, that's my zombie plan because in terms of the actual like machete hacking, killing zombies, I am going to be dead within five minutes. I'm just honest about this. I, I have full self-knowledge about this. You know, I was going to curtail some of the whole New Zealand discussion, and then I realized we are recording this episode for a group of people that literally said, can you make the episode (laughs) (laughs) Which just speaks to what our patrons really want, and we are once again honestly grateful that you you listen to us that you make it possible for us to employ a sound engineer who takes away all my stutters and that you make sure that that karen's dog is uh kept well in kibble and we always forget the dog's name i'm just gonna come clean alwyn 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 because i always want to say arwin it's alwyn you patrons i don't know if we need to tell you what we're doing next but we're going to i guess dune is next dan is dune Dune is next dune will be next All right. Good thing I read it recently. And we are gearing up to do like a whole Dune yeah. thing. Like we'll do the book, we'll do the first movie, and we'll do the second yeah. movie. I think we're all planning on doing something similar for the Foundation. I believe that is the plan, although I don't think we're memory serves. You did not want to do Asimov the book. No, we can do the book because I can talk about how much I did oh, not okay. like it. I, so again, this is this is where, and you might this like is where you're going to school me because like I have not read Dune. I have not read Foundation. So oh. I'm going to have to like, I might have different opinions. Who the hell knows? Uh, but dear patrons, like you have yeah. to tune in. And we are always taking suggestions. This was delightful. We look forward to hearing from you at the next AMA. And until next time, Dan. Keep this channel open for more. <laughs>